Technology Republic podcast. I'm Penny Durham in Atlanta at the ACR annual meeting and I'm talking to Dr. Mark Arnold. Um, Dr. Arnold, you practice in Western New South Wales in a region that's a quarter of a million square kilometres and so you've just given a presentation on rural and remote rheumatology. Could you tell us a bit more about where you practice and where your affiliations are? Sure, thanks Penny. So I am a rheumatologist who works now in the Dubbo and Orange region of central western New South Wales and also uh, occasionally on the mid-north coast at Gloucester. I moved from Sydney uh, at the end of 2013, uh, largely because of my work with the University of Sydney, but it's been a revelation to work in an area that's truly an area of rheumatological need in central western New South Wales. Uh, rheumatologists are pretty thin on the ground in Australia even before you go rural. What was that um, percentage you mentioned, like 0.06% of doctors in Australia are rheumatologists and not all of them are actually clinically active? Yes, that's, that's right. So there's 71,000 odd doctors in Australia and uh, it depends whether you use the Rheumatology Association's numbers or the um, numbers from the medical board, but Pretty much, there's 0.06% of Australia's uh, physician population are um, rheumatologists, which is about half uh, the per capita uh, number that there uh, appears to be in the US. And of course, you get a lot fewer in the country because it's, for all the obvious reasons, it's harder to attract you know people to practice in the outback. And so, because of that lack of access to rheumatologists, what's different in the country in terms of presentations? Right. Well, of necessity, a lot of people are managed by their general practitioners, and general practitioners do a great job. Um, however, uh, there's a, a reluctance often of patients to travel away from work and. Uh, leave family to actually access care. And so we do see people presenting with uh, a lot of later presentations of fairly fairly straightforward things such as gout, uh, obviously rheumatoid arthritis and inflammatory arthritis, uh, whereas complex diseases such as SLE and vasculitis um, are often managed uh, a lot more expeditiously in a regional centre. Uh, so there's late presentations, uh, far more multimorbidity and comorbidity we see in regional Australia. And um, there, there is a much higher risk of certain infections when you're you know, a farmer or otherwise employed in the country. So does that change your calculus on prescribing certain rheumatological drugs? Well, look, our screening procedures are just the same as they would be in a metropolitan area, and I, I think these are universal. There are a few unusual things in the bush. Uh, I, I take particular uh, interest in making sure that patients realise that there are a lot of environmental risks if you're a farmer. You can aerosolise fungi, and there's many uh, resident microorganisms in standing water and in soil that... Uh, in an immunocompetent person aren't a problem, but if inoculated or inhaled in an immunocompromised person can be a big problem. So yeah, uh, exposure uh, advice is fairly important in the bush. And you work with Indigenous populations a lot, and there are a lot of different things to consider there in terms of not only disease presentations but in, and comorbidities, but culture and language and health literacy. Well, look, as with all people, I, I think patients have to trust their doctors, otherwise there's, there's really no foundation for, uh, for care to continue. Uh, 
uh, without trust. People uh, don't uh, adhere to follow-up and they don't take the medications that we prescribe. With Indigenous people, uh, I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say that I'm an expert in, in cultural competence and I appreciate that I have many blind spots and you know, I think one has to come to dealing with people in, in, in the country, whether Indigenous or non-Indigenous, with a humility when you come from a, a metropolitan area and be prepared to engage in discussion and what we would, what we would call cultural yarning about uh, people's uh, lives uh, primarily and then their health concerns. And the, um, the previous speaker to you uh, was from Alaska, Dr Ferrucci. Um, uh, was talking about you know the remoteness in Alaska. There are some similarities and some differences with Australia, um, but uh, personally, I think you trumped her image of a bear crossing a road with your uh, ruse and crocs and emus on the road. But um, travel is a serious issue. So, how feasible do you think telemedicine is for rheumatology? Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat disappointed I didn't put a picture of a wombat there. <laughs> uh, it's like hitting two blocks of concrete. Um, look, the problem with travel is it's the practicality, it's the cost, it's the time off work for patients, it's childminding often, um, and, and the, the, the grief that that, um, that causes them. Uh, th there's also accommodation if you have to stay overnight, and there's the physical hazard. I mean, I don't schedule people to travel during peak time for emu and uh, kangaroo strikes. Uh, for argument's sake. There's also the, the concern about uh, rheumatologists driving in and driving out, so on and so forth. Um, the, but the telehealth, look, I, I think telehealth has its place. Um, it's been, you know, universally boosted uh, as in the inverted commas solution. I don't think it's the solution. I think it's part of a solution which fundamentally means that we still need to actually physically see patients. Um, I don't think it is a replacement. Uh, there's also uh, issues with trust with telehealth too. I, I, I think so much of our trust and our understanding of relationships are, uh, are engendered by non-verbal communication. And we need to be in a room with someone to actually get that nuance and actually understand what they're saying uh, and, and what they think we're saying. Because even though we may be... Uh, speaking the same language, what someone means by something isn't always what we, what, what we think. And what, when we explain a concept to people, it's not what we explain, it's what they understand. And I think that's so much better done face to face. And um, if you are going to use telemedicine, it really has to be an adjunct to a face to face relationship, or at least a relationship that begins face to face, not one that is tele from beginning to end. Well, th that's my personal preference. Uh, I could understand where there are situations where it is not feasible. But uh, I think th there's a number of other issues with telehealth that we have to think about in Australia. There's bandwidth and uh, the uh, ability for people to have a reliable connection. Uh, if we don't have a reliable uh, video connection, we may as well just use the telephone, which is, of course, the original form of telehealth, which has been going on for since whenever telephones were invented. Um, and that's still a viable uh, way of contacting people, of course. It, it is nice to see people face-to-face -face and actually see their swollen joints, but of course it's pretty hard unless we have a haptic glove to squeeze a, squ a swollen joint. I think the situation in Alaska is far better organised on a state basis with uh, the local 
indigenous tribes taking a, a, a management role uh, within the provision of healthcare. Uh, I think it'd be fantastic if we could have similar sorts of things happening in Australia, but I think our system is actually, unfortunately, a little bit too fragmented at the moment to allow that to happen. And finally, uh, the future of rheumatology in the country. Obviously, there's no very easy or single solution, but what are some of the measures that are being undertaken to perhaps improve the situation? Well, I think it's important that rheumatologists understand that patients do actually have um, access problems to get to see them in metropolitan centres. And it, it is uh, best if there can be uh, nested services out in regional areas. And uh, look, I can, for one, can recommend living in a, a regional area, but I appreciate it's not everyone's cup of tea or their partner's cup of tea. Uh, so outreach will be part of our service provision in, in the long run. But as part of that, I think we need to encourage our trainees to actually experience rural practice, either coming out with uh, one of their senior colleagues who's doing outreach or spending some time with people who actually do live and work in regional Australia. We need some buy-in from the association, who I know are very supportive of the, this idea. We also need buy-in from uh, our uh, hospitals management to allow them uh, time off to and backfill for their position to actually allow them to get rural experience. We know that rural experience increases your likelihood of working rurally whether as a rurally located person or as a, a provider of outreach uh, several fold. So it's a powerful way of encouraging people to develop uh, a rural practice. Dr Mark Arnold, thanks very much for being on the podcast. That's no, alright, it's a pleasure. Thanks Penny. 